Welcome to Elevating the Customer Experience, a podcast from Nuance. In this episode, we explore how organizations can better manage customer engagement amid disruption. I'm your host, Jeff Large. This is the first of a three-part interview featuring Art Scholler from Forrester Research. It's no surprise that COVID-19 has profoundly shifted the relationships between customers and the organizations they depend on. You'll hear from Art about the strategic response to the current challenges and the importance for every company to be agile, authentic, and strong communicators. Art, could you just please state your name and title? Art Scholler, Vice President and Principal Analyst. And then tell me, what does that practically mean? So at Forrester, the analysts work with both vendor clients and user clients, advising them on the best applications and uses of technology. Now, we're not just technology focused. We made a major pivot towards customer experience and recently focused on employee experience. So we're advising companies at a number of other levels besides just technology when you look at it from a people process and technology perspective. Excellent. And then what are you primarily responsible for? So I actually cover two categories, and they do overlap quite a bit. The collaboration technologies, such as unified communications and team messaging, and then also contact center technologies, of which there's many. There's a number of them that I focus in on, such as voice self-service and the core contact center, queuing, routing, you know, matching a customer with the right agent at the right time. Okay. And then again, just to set some context for our listener, what does an average day or an average week look like for you? So Forrester clients range anywhere from midsize to what I call the super galactic, the largest companies in the world. A lot of times I will be doing inquiries, answering questions, sometimes more extensive engagement with those customers on how to apply technology or choose technologies. That's a lot on the end user side of the equation. But in serving vendor clients, I go back to the good old four P's of marketing, product, price, promotion, and place, because I've spent half my career on the vendor side and have been in a number of those roles as a practitioner. What does a good marketing campaign look like? What's a good channel strategy look like? Taking a look at their product roadmap and does it align with or does it allow them to differentiate from competitors? Okay. So now as we set the stage, we definitely wanted to have you on to speak to a lot of the things that are happening regarding COVID. Could you sort of explain what you're seeing and then maybe how some of these businesses that you're working with are being affected on more of a a top level or a broad level? I am finding myself perhaps overusing the word unprecedented the amount of business disruption that's going on from many angles, for many verticals, is just not just once in a generation, but perhaps once in a century. From the standpoint of revenue decline, customers really having questions or problems with uh, doing business right now because their businesses are being impacted. The other key element is that the one way or one of the many ways to really the virus is social distancing and to the point of even being locked down in some countries. So another major thing impacting businesses is what's happening with your workforce. And for businesses that are turning down, well, unfortunately, there's layoffs. But for businesses that have to send everybody home, what does it look like in a total work at home environment? 
Yeah, I mean, that's definitely we've heard unprecedented a lot, but I think it's interesting that you use the language once in a century. I mean, this, I'm assuming, has sort of grave or, or some serious circumstances to it. I'm hoping it's once in a century. I don't want to see something that is this broad, is this global, and is this impacting to just every, every aspect of our lives and the economy. Okay. So as we're saying this, clearly this is a big subject, but I'm wondering from, again, that top level, as we start to drill down, what are some of the biggest challenges that businesses are facing? And are you seeing any sorts of patterns to these challenges? Mm -hmm. Well, because we have to social distance or not go to the store or not travel. I mean, let's take travel and transportation. I mean, airlines are parking planes. They're actually, in order to maintain their routes, doing what's called ghost flights, flying empty airplanes, just so they can still qualify to have that route and just burning through tons and tons of cash. The hotel industry, rooms are empty. In companies are they're closing hotels and in some cases repurposing them to be housing for first responders, which is something I saw recently uh, one of the major brands doing financial services with the gyrations in the stock markets. There's a new briefing. There's a new bill that goes through Congress. And all of a sudden, there's a huge influx of traffic to talk to people's wealth managers and advisors. And in many industries, people are struggling financially. And so they're calling in to renegotiate their payments, either to a utility or to a mortgage company. And at the state and local government, now that's how we refer to it in the United States, but also in other countries, all of the public services that provide support to their constituents are being overwhelmed with traffic and customer service inquiries because people are scared. They want to know what to do. And even the government policies are shifting, not weekly, but daily. So as I transition now, we've got sort of this general sense of the problem. What are you seeing organizations do as these problems are realized? What are some of, say, like the first steps in order to even because they're so large, because it is this unprecedented, what are they doing to start to even get their heads wrapped around it? It's happening so quickly, and there's so much new things happening on a daily basis. Organizations really are falling into a crisis management mode, which in the long run, if it plays out, organizations may learn uh, how to be more agile coming out of this. I don't want to be Pollyannish by any shape or form, but all of a sudden, we've got to get everybody working from home. All of a sudden, our revenues are down by 40%. All of a sudden, we can't get our supplies from where we normally get our supplies. And we need to act fast. So there is a scramble nature to this that businesses are having to go through and learn how to be very agile and to be very communicative. So if they're going to engage their workforce and have them kind of have all hands on deck and helping out and coming up with ideas. It's the crisis management, it's the being agile, but it's also communicating to that workforce. And again, I'll say the work from home is incredibly disruptive. Mm -hmm. Okay, so clearly some key points that I'm hearing are being agile, the communication elements. Are there other patterns or trends that you're seeing for the, the businesses that you're working with that are handling this well of things or activities that they're doing just to even start with? Yeah. I think that as you get through the initial shock 
And, you know, when I was a product manager, I went through a lot of team building. And, and one thing that always stands in my mind as far as building a team is they're storming, norming, and performing. That initial storming phase that we're just putting the team together and we're just figuring each other out. Norming is when you start to figure things out and you start to get a regular rhythm to it. And performing is you really kind of start to understand things and you start to even optimize the new processes and where people are. We're sort of, for many companies, still at this storming phase, but some are starting to get into the, okay, what does this look like now? What happens when everybody's working from home? How do we really manage now in a more operational mode that reflects and understands this? But the wide swings in revenue, the wide swings in supplies, and the wide swings in the workforce are things that, you know, I wish I could say we're settling down to a new normal and we're watching the cases continue to climb in many countries, but I think there's still a lot of storming going on as well. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that. I, part of it too, you started, you kind of, whether you did it intentionally or unintentionally, made a list of questions. Do you find, are there common questions? Like, are there even common common approaches of businesses that are paying attention to this? They're looking and they're asking themselves like X, Y, Z, or are there some patterns there? Well, I mean, the first thing is to, you know, it's an old Yogi Berra quote, if you don't know where you're going, you'll get there. So really ratcheting up the monitoring of the external business environment and the monitoring of your customers, whatever way you can connect with customers and say, what pains are you going through? What can we do to help? I mean, this is one of the things about this environment where there can be what I call some War merchants saying, hey, we've got a COVID-9 offer and we're here to help you. And and it's like, well, it doesn't even really connect with the pain points. This is an environment where marketing to customers is very much a how can I help as opposed to I got a new widget to sell you. And so as organizations put that radar up, the business environment put that radar up to their customers. How can we help? And what are the things that we can do and move quickly to help you with it is really the best practices and what I see the, the, the better performing companies doing. But, you know, in some industries like the airlines where we're not traveling and the customers are not traveling, it's like, well, all you can do is kind of hunker down and, and conserve resources. But in a number of other industries, you can kind of keep things going by going out to customers and saying, how can I help? So it sounds like there's an element of authenticity there. Oh, believe me, that it is period, end of story. When I look at what's coming to me as an analyst from the vendors who are putting offers out there, I think the ones that really ring well are the ones that are authentic. What can we do to help? And also anticipating that, hey, I know my customers use my products and services this way. And in this environment, it would help them even more if they used this one for this issue and this one for this issue. It's kind of hard because we're talking to different groups of people, but could you provide a few specific examples that you see that are working really well for sort of this out of the gate addressing the problem type stuff? Yeah, I mean, in my collaboration research, it's at the end of the day, if all of your knowledge workers have to go home, it really is, you know, how could we help with all of the technologies and products and services? Now, of course, we see the poster child for this a lot of times is Zoom, Slack, and others that are allowing us to connect virtually. And so it's those kind of offers from those kind of companies to help get the workers home. 
in the customer service side, there's such a broad range of things that can be done as far as automation, moving interactions to digital, getting your agents to work from home is another element that's in there. But on the customer service side, there's many different tools that can be applied. Some of them can be applied more rapidly, but it is, here's what we do, here's how it can help. We know that you're experiencing increased and wildly gyrating traffic volumes and struggling to meet your service levels. Here's how we can help. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll, I'll likely come back to that um, a little bit yeah. later here. The other piece is, so we, we have these elements of the problem solving itself. Again, to recap, I'm hearing that companies that are agile, that are communicating well, that are asking the questions and that are being authentic about it seem to be navigating this a little better from what you've seen. The other thing I was wondering about is who needs to be involved in these decisions and who needs to be involved on these teams to lead the ship in the right direction? Right. Well, in this environment, this really has to come all the way from the top down as far as rapid response, decision-making, and also support and communication to the organization. This is basically an all-hands-on-deck from a best practices perspective because the, the whole organization is under stress itself and the customers they're serving are under stress as well. So what do you do to really kind of meet that challenge? It has to be coming right from top down. And if you look at it from a customer service perspective, you know, the leadership of the organization really has to communicate that message about the importance of customers, the authenticity, and then working down to the organization as far as what do we have to do to really pivot the entire customer service organization, likely sending everybody home, But then what do we have to do to rapidly optimize the customer service organization to meet these incredibly new volumes? And when I say do, I mean there's also new questions being raised by customers that now need answers. Mm-hmm. What else have you seen like in that regard? Because I think I think that part's so interesting. Um, I'm going to go off script a little bit here for a second. Is people not only are are needing to adapt to just sort of wild situations in terms of the volume and things like you said, but it's like a whole new set of problems that simultaneously are being addressed. Have you noticed any other interesting aspects of that? I think that a number of these things, again, vary greatly by industries. And so there's either an existing customer intent or question that now has a lot more volume, for example, in utilities. Utilities are faced with just rapid regulations or laws that are put in place by the legislature to say, look, keep the lights on, keep the water flowing, even though people can't pay. Those are critical, essential services. How does utility deal with that in terms of training their people that there's new rules quickly? Okay. And then the customers themselves are calling in saying, I can't pay my bill this month. Please, please don't turn the lights off because everybody's home. There's no place for us to go. And we need the water to wash our hands. So extending payments is just one example that from a leadership perspective, monitoring the business and regulatory environment and saying, we need to approach our customers with these new answers to questions and an increased volume for what is kind of the same question, but has a new spin to it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, it does. And I would imagine, 
is this also, are you witnessing this disrupt uh, existing, say, like silos or some of the structures that are in place within these companies, say, for example, in customer service or digital engagement? I'm, I'm assuming these even have to fundamentally shift and change to adapt to what we're dealing with. Right. I mean, now we can kind of go into the, some of the details and the tips and tricks and some of the best practices that our people are doing out there. If people are calling in because it's uncertain and a lot of times in the midst of that uncertainty, the live voice call is what people will fall back to, in my opinion. Now, we don't have extensive studies on this, but this is just my experience. But what if that question is answered via a chatbot? What if that question is answered out on the website? For many organizations, we still have these call them channel divides, if you will, that some organization owns the website, some organization owns the mobile app, the customer service organization owns voice, or maybe a couple digital channels as well. And to get consistent answers, to be able to try and shift some of that traffic to less costly or to self-service channels, takes a lot of coordination. And where these silos have been in place in the past, maybe the good thing out of this is that organizations that have to move quickly will bust those things down quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely, uh, I think, a, a great segue as we move into the customer service aspect of our conversation, because on one hand, business leaders and teams, they have their own set of concerns just to, to keep the lights on, to keep things moving. But what do we need to keep in mind when it comes to our customers? Well, the thing that uh, I go back to the authenticity earlier, this is an opportunity for brands to shine. Now, again, in state and local government, it's the brand is the state or local government, the town, and what's being done to communicate and solve problems for their constituents. In the B2B or B2C environments, a lot of the same things apply as well. And I think from a general business environment, you know, customers who need answers to their questions or may even need to buy something, hey, I want to order toilet paper, who do I go to? I think you can operate in an environment where customers will know there are pressures, there may be longer times in queue, there may be a longer time for something to be shipped. So cutting a little bit of slack on service levels I think there's a certain amount of leeway that companies have to balance the amount of resources they have and the kind of service levels they can promise to their customer base. But at the same time, they're looking to that company. They go to them and say, I have a need. I need you to help solve my problem or get a product or service or rearrange payments or whatever. And uh, you got to deliver on that need still. Thank you for listening to Elevating the Customer Experience, a podcast from Nuance. If you need help, especially given our current climate and new challenges, Nuance is here. You can schedule a session with one of our customer experience experts or learn about how we're helping other organizations like yours by visiting nuance.com forward slash catalyst hyphen for hyphen CX hyphen success. Or if it's easier, email cxexperts at nuance.com. Again, that is cxexperts at nuance.com. Link will be in the show notes. 
In the next episode, Art and I continue the conversation with a focus on solutions for home-based agents and leveraging workforce management systems. I think another tool that kind of goes unappreciated, in fact, there's two in some places, in some industries. One is callback. It's always a great tool when you get peaks that you just really start to have service level meltdown. Offering callback, that can clip off the top of the peaks of traffic and potentially shift it to less busy times. So I see a number of organizations, you know, rolling down the path of turning on callback. You can subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts, and that way you will not miss an episode. Thank you for listening. Until next time.